Fading out and yo, welcome to the Mega Late Show. Yeah, Mega Late Show. This is a sick call episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. So due we're, to we're sitting around the campfire with uh legions and influenza. Yeah, man. That should creep up on me pretty solidly. I'm not even sure exactly what happened. Um so basically nah, it's all good. Basic, basically, what happened was after we recorded the kind of uh, the year-end wrap-up or kickstart or whatever you want to call the episode we did with Cake and Steez, you guys left and Chi and I went to go eat some Chinese food across the street. I felt all super ganky and everything was very well. The goddamn Chinese. It must have been, man. It, I don't. I will actually. I don't even know, right? Because the only places I went that day were to the convenience store with you. And then to the Chinese place. And then my wife and I, we came home and we played Borderlands 2 until like 4 in the morning. And when I woke up in the morning time, I was like, yo, I feel kind of wild sick. And I thought maybe it was a sinus infection, but I suppose it was not. Eventually, because it was New Year's, all of the clinics were closed. So I didn't get to go to the, I didn't get to go to the clinic until Saturday, but they said it was influenza type A, which is the bird flu style influenza, the bad shit. So, oh shit. Yeah, man, it was fucked up. You should have seen me trying to fucking edit that episode and get that episode out on time with a fucking uh, (laughs) 39.8 degree fever. What is that? What is that? that What is that shit in Fahrenheit? Like 102, 103? That was fucked up, man. Uh, uh, I haven't figured out Fahrenheit and Celsius yet. Yeah, it was fucked up, though. And and, uh, I was I was wild struggling. And uh, I actually didn't edit too much of it. I, I made sure that the intro was on there. I made a commercial break and then I put some songs at the end of it. And I was like, people are just gonna have to deal with this shit because I fucking yeah, that shit is like three hours long. Uh, salute to you for doing that shit. Yeah, it was like I kept on putting it off, and then eventually I woke up. At, I think I texted you. It was like at like four in the morning or some shit, and was like, "Yo, I'm dying, but I'm about to do edit this episode <laughs> of shit." It was like four in the morning, and I ended up doing that shit like five in the morning before my fever really killed me the next day. And uh, I was happy to get the shit out on time, man. Um, I don't remember yeah, what we talked about, and I don't remember what's on that episode, but I'm sure we uh, we had a lot of good conversation about hip hop shit. Yeah, we we killed it the regular, uh, perhaps. Yeah. It was good. It was good to have Cake in uh, in studio as well. Good to catch up with him and uh, yeah, man. as well. Oh, I should probably apologize too. Um, for the first time ever, we had to cancel a recording, and uh, we canceled on Maya Hatch, who is a singer and uh, associated with um, MC Buddha. The Bridge. Shout out to MC Buddha and The Bridge, G Yamazawa and all those cats. But uh, she seemed like real, you know, thoughtful and was like, hey, that's okay. Just get better. Um, I text her about coming in later this month to record with us, but she hasn't confirmed. So maybe we'll get her on later this month. And again, apologies to uh, to her for just being fucking sick over here. Yeah. Shout out to you and me. That's their uh, duo unit. Sorry for, you know, any inconveniences, yeah. but, you know health you know what i mean and I'm that's hoping, what 2019 is about fam I'm, I'm hoping like i've been having kind of like a lot of little negative shits happen to me in 2019 already and i, I thought it was supposed to be like a really good year so i'm trying to remain optimistic and uh, only 10 days in, man. yeah i know but i've already had like some wild mishaps i lost like four hours worth of writing um on some bullshit oh, yeah. and then uh i broke a couple things on accident not out of anger and just lost some shit and sick as hell. You been to the so. temple yet? Nah, yo, I probably should go to the temple, even though I don't really rock with that type of superstitious approach to things. But I probably got, should just in case. You still got 2018 on your back. You know what I mean? 2018. You gotta clap that shit off. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wipe that shit off of my shoulders. You know what I mean? Give a couple bows. Two bow. What is it? Two bows, two claps, and a bow. 
Is that the way it goes? Uh, nigga, I'm fucking around. I ain't been to the temple either. Oh, fam, you better get in there after talking all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna go together, just cancel the recording uh, this weekend and just hit the temple and shit. Record at the Yo, temple. It's, it's like when we walking out the gate, like all of a sudden, like we get a call from uh, from uh, Odyssey. We get a call from the beat nuts. They're like, yo, uh, our bad fam, we're really down to do this interview. Yeah. We can call you right now. Yo, and we got Robert Glasper with us and shit. He's not busy <laughs> at all. He's ready to record. And Ayaka says thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, we're just getting it kickstarted. So I'm glad that this little mishap happened at the beginning of the year so we don't have to deal with it later. And, um, nah, it's all good. I mean, super strong 2018. We took one week off. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just time for that. You guys can, uh, and technically, y'all aren't even missing anything, so. Right. Sure. I mean, this is, yeah, here goes content for your ass. Quality content. Blah, blah. With that said, what are we What are we doing today? Just having conversations and shit? I mean, I guess we could, you know, do like a little chat. We could bullshit. There is a one thing that I would like to start doing, but I kind of see it more as a, a year-long venture, so okay. it doesn't have to take up the whole episode. Okay. Now, you, you already mentioned this to me, but you want to lay it out for the listeners? Sure, man. It's uh, 2019. That means it's nine years after 2010, where... Uh, what what do you call this shit the teens we're like nine years into the teens decade yeah man is that what you call it the teeny boppers yeah so this shit's almost done and you know humans like round numbers and brains like you know making shit make sense the golden ratio and shit Mm -hmm. yo uh a lot of good hip-hop music has come out in this decade so far i would like to highlight some of them things because i know you know there's gonna be hell of them shits happening at the end of the year anyway um i don't think we need to release a five hour mega late show episode so i figured we could break it up you know whenever whenever we have like a a non-guest type of episode similar to this we can kind of hash it out or maybe get opinions right. from people throughout the year or even like you know uh, a mini spot at the end of an episode just whatever just like oh yeah this ep- this album also came out this decade well, um, oh yeah i remember that album okay hey let um have you uh have you ever listened to the war rocket ajax podcast i may have a long time ago I-, I thought you might rock with it because it is comic books and they also get into like wrestling like especially japanese um wrestling organizations i used to read chris sims blog heavily but i i fell off they do this thing on there called every story ever which is where people submit lists of like three albums and then they have this list where they rank them and so throughout the last few years they've been ranking stories and they'll have debates about it like um Hmm. you know what i mean they'll be like so um if this be my destiny, you know, uh, Spider-Man, like, what is it, 51 or whatever, uh, Ditko and Stanley, is this better than The Dark Knight? And then they'll have a debate about it. They'll place the the numbers. So that was would be, you know, one and two. And then next week when they get three comic books, they place those also on the list and they move it around. So it's like, OK, this is better than The Dark Knight Rises or The Dark Knight oh, Returns. So, so it changes. So what I was thinking is they've like, got like a cumulative, a cu- how do you say that word? Cumulative. Cumulative list going. Yeah, and and That's so cool. so what I was thinking is like maybe uh, you know when we have time like this we'll we'll think of like you know three albums that came out add those to the list and then by the time that we're done exhausting the list of you know albums that we've listened to over the last decade we'll have kind of a uh, a fairly decent rated. Uh, list of our favorite albums of the decade. I imagine it'll take longer than a year for us to do this, but I mean, who cares? Let's just keep doing it. I mean, I don't think so, man. You don't think it'll take that long or? Well, unless, unless we are talking about every good album, but I don't want to talk about every good album. I just want to talk about like, you know, that shit that's going to stand the test of time. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, well, we can we can exercise some, you know, we can exercise uh, some discretion on what albums to talk about or not. But oh yeah, for sure. To be, to be honest it's with subjective. you, I, uh, as, as it just emerges, as this conversation just emerges, as we we're kind of freestyling this, um, you know, for three minutes before we started recording, um, I'm not, I don't remember many albums. They're not like sticking, coming to my head right now of of many like highlight high high points except for like a few Kendrick albums and a few Kanye and, and you know, some underground joints that perhaps I only liked. So, um, well, you want to go ahead and start this off? Yeah, let's bust it, man. Cause I got, I got two in my mind right now. Okay. Well, I'll start with the, you know, this one's not really subjective at all. I think everybody would agree. And this album actually came out 2010. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I think that while this uh, great album, first and foremost, uh, incredible album, mm, I think that that's probably Kanye's magnum opus, despite it not being my personal favorite Kanye album. But I think I think you would be right on that. Yeah, I, I I think that's his like strongest work. The album rollout was great. Um, it's it's cohesive and thorough, and uh, the rhyming was it still has pretty a story good. Story outside of just the music. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like his redemption, and yeah. yeah, really well put together. Lots of um, inklings of all the other albums from. The dropout to you know late registrations 808s uh, uh graduation like mm. you can see all of that in there uh it has then, really like, strong features on it as well some really strong features john legend kills his little part i mean even chris rock kills his little part and shit you know so it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a good album i mean yeah that really good uh saturday night live performance I don't remember that. But, it was just real, you know, uh, you know, des- you know uh, designed, mm. like all white and ballet dancers, and he's like in a red suit or something like mm. that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Also, this album had like Bon Iver on it, and fucking, oh yeah, yeah, man, this is a really good album. This is a. It also has um, all of the lights is on that. All of the lights, uh, power, monster. Okay. Oh, so appalled. I don't, uh, I don't remember. So and um, yo, it has maybe one of my favorite Kanye verses. That uh, third verse on Blame Game. Oh yeah. Where like uh, he pitch uh, shifts the voice and everything too, and yeah. it pitches and pans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a really, really strong album, and I, I think undoubtedly that, regardless of any other album mentioned, that I mean, I just don't think that there is going to be any hour uh, album that pushes this out of a top ten. This is guaranteed one for now. I mean, it's the only album, but yeah, definitely, I place it very high. Uh, I remember even I was on, I was still on the uh, underground message boards back then and, and the one that i was on was like a really abstract underground message board and even people on there were like yo this album is incredible despite me not liking mainstream hip-hop music at all and so yeah this is a dope album yeah where were you 2010 2010 i was in texas and i was um had been in texas for like a year and a half or two years by by new year's 2010 and I was bartending back then and also working at an insurance agency, um, a really good insurance agency. Uh, but but yeah, I was bartending at a reggae dancehall club in 2010. So we didn't get a lot of these songs played in there because it was mostly like, you know, reggae, reggaeton, soca and shit like that. Right. But but um, you could, you, you know, people were the radio was still doing something back then. And uh, you could hear oh, yeah. you could hear these joints on the radio, um, blasting people's cars all over the place. Yo, man, 2010. Uh, uh, I think when this album came out, yo, I don't have. I should have looked this up. I don't know the exact date, 
but I remember he was doing his uh, Good Friday series. Oh, yeah. So he was dropping these Lucy's every Friday, and some of them ended up on the album, some of them didn't. And I mean, I don't want to, you know, lump that all together because we're talking about albums. Mm -hmm. But if I did do that, this would probably undoubtedly be, you know, top five, top three of the decade because some of those songs are strong as fuck just by themselves. Wasn't there a power remix that was like doper than the original? I I, I barely remember. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it, man. Like this is the album. He, you know, went to Hawaii and had like a compound Mm -hmm. with like, you know, a writer's room composed of like Pusha T, uh, Q-Tip, Big Sean, Saul Williams, Pretty much yeah. anybody who came was like included and he took ideas from everybody and mixed it all together. Yo, this came out November of, of 2010. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is like, I remember uh, I went to Hong Kong around uh, Halloween and he was still doing Good Fridays then. Cause I remember me and my friend, we would like be like, oh, what's, what's going to be the drop this week? I remember Devil in a, a Blue Dress came out maybe while I was over there or some other songs came out. And I was just like, yo, this shit is crazy. Mm, yeah. And then I got back home and eventually the album dropped. I I remember the, the lead up to it because there was like people sharing these videos and it was really opulent and kind of regal looking. And so when the album dropped, we were all pretty hyped. And I feel like I got a bootleg of it. Like I got a leak before it actually came out. And um, I, I remember listening to this driving around. It was just a, it was just a great album. It was, it was when I was like, it was when I was like, okay, I, I get it. Like I, I can see why people consider Kanye West the high water mark of popular artsy rap. Because at the time, mm. I, I, at the time, I'm I'm still you know super deep into the underground, not really caring about any other artists who were coming out in the mainstream at the time. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't know. An Eminem album came out that year, didn't give a fuck about it. Period. Lil Wayne had an album, I didn't give a fuck about that. Period. Um, I was kind of listening. I don't just, even remember what those albums are. I think it was Revival, is the Eminem album that came out that year. Let me try to see if I can Google this. Um, oh, Recovery. Okay. Recovery. Drake oh, yeah. had Drake had an album come out that year. I didn't really care for Drake at the time. I know I was rocking with the Roots shit. And um, also, uh, you remember Das Racist? Of course you do. Yeah. yeah. So Das Racist had a, yeah. a, a joint that came out called Sit Down Man. And I fucking love that album. I rock with that album like all summer. It was a good fucking fun joint. So, but yeah, this Kanye joint was undoubtedly Yo, man, the best I was- of that year. I was a little bit like you, like I kind of just came up with this idea here recently, but I'm also kind of blanking on what albums came out when, like some I can definitely, you know, remember have come out in the past 10 years, but I'm mostly kind of like artists, like, oh, I remember listening to this artist mm-hmm. a lot these past uh, few years, but when I was like on my mental scan, I was like, yo, this album, I, I gave this album a lot of burn, like a lot of time spent with some of these albums. So I think it'll be cool to, you know, even refresh yourself like, right. oh yeah, that did come out. Right. Well, should we put another album on the list just so we can have a one and two or? Uh, I got one, unless you wanna, you know, jump in with something off the top i mean from 2010 looking at this list of albums i don't think that there's anything that i would really consider um like an album of the decade there's some good albums but there, i don't see anything on here oh, that well, i think is like you know great i don't think we need to go in order like okay you know okay bust it if you got one mine yeah all right i'm a. Uh... I'm going left with this one. Sir Lucius Leftfoot. <laughs> uh Lil Ugly Mane, Mr. Thug Isolation. Okay. I've heard I've, I've heard the album. 
I've listened to the album. Um, so that dropped I like it. 2012. Was it that long ago? I didn't get to it until maybe last year or uh, two years ago, maybe. I just wasn't. Yeah, I didn't get like to that. it until maybe 13. Okay. 2013 or 2014. But uh, that album kind of changed. I won't say changed my life, but it changed my listening habits a little bit. How so? Like, go on. Well, I was kind of on some uh, some blog shit back then. Like, you know, Dad Piff. I had like before Google Reader crapped out, you know, and people who don't know what that was, it would collect website RSS feeds. So whenever there was an update, I would know. And I was subscribed to like all the blogs back then, like Two Dope Boys and kind of like Na Right and uh, Metal Lungies, like, mm. you know, some some real rap, uh, hip hop, uh, gatekeeper, you know, we make you hot shit in the early 2010s. Right. The blog era. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I don't. I think I found this album because I don't know why I found this album. I cannot remember why. I, I want to say I saw the cup and I was like, well, I guess I better listen to this because it's real um, pixel pen. Pixel and pen, pen, pen and uh, pixel, pen and pixelated, hmm. just like the old Cash Money or New Orleans type Southern rap covers in the late '90s. But it's like also uh, almost like dark. satirical. Yeah, yeah, like like when because I had read about the album before and I was like, oh, this dude's doing like a parody of gangster Southern rap, and he's like. I don't know, like a zombie criminal or a ghost or something. I thought it was going to be corny. But then when I listened to it, I was like, oh, this dude can rap. And the music sounds like that old Memphis shit. Like, mm. not just 3-6 Mafia, but like back when they were triple six Mafia. I mean, I've talked about Lil Ugly Man like a bunch before. Mm. But the album is so crazy. Like, and he produced, I think he produced all of the beats and it's like jazzy but also like i said kind of dark and sinister and unlike his later works where it's more personal and dark in that way like twisted there's a bit of comedy in here it's like a fun album mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean i've listened to it yeah it is it is a fun album and it's intriguing i, I got onto it because you know the name his name's just dope and it's like all right let me check to see what yeah. somebody with this name sounds like and i was actually a little bit intrigued it was um you know i thought it was going to be a little bit more shallow and and kind of trashy throwaway shit or that or or like some yellow wolf shit but it was not that at all it was really good now nah not at all when, when it come when it comes to this though and talking about um you know greatest albums of the decade um, outside of my personal uh, taste and opinion about it, how do you think this um, affected the culture, like or the wider scope of music? Do you think that it was indelible enough that it created people that made music like this, or that took some of these ideas and you know development them in different ways, or did it, like his approach to selling the album cause some type of change in the industry? Because I, I don't really, kn uh, to be honest with you, I don't know how saturated little ugly man is when it comes to the larger culture of hip-hop like i only know right people like yourself and other people who champion him but it's he's also one of those guys that doesn't get a lot of um you know doesn't doesn't dominate the airwaves in any way or the conversation in in many ways but i listen to a lot of artists like that who just don't get their credit is ugly little ugly man like that you know, did he affect more than I'm aware of? Well, definitely, like I said, you know, with my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, that's like an undeniable entry, right? Yes. Like I said, that's, that's not really subjective. This is 
definitely more my opinion. And as far as Lil Ugly Mane's place in the culture, I think he's a bit unheralded, but also his contemporaries have been more influential than him. Although I would say he's more talented than they are, which isn't, you know, something unusual. Right. And maybe they were bubbling before him like a like a space ghost perp. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. Not intimately, but yeah. I mean, me, I'm not either, but as far as influence goes, I would say him and the rest of Raider clan kind of set the way for everything else that's coming out of Florida right now, like Broward County, like Denzel Curry and, you know, XXX when he was putting stuff out, Mm -hmm. Ski Mask, the Slump God. Like all of those dudes are, I would say, the children of Space Ghost Perp. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's like guys like, uh, yo, what's that guy's name? Um, did I forgot his name but uh like it also has that like slow kind of syrupy like early ASAP sound right yeah. but I think uh oh Young Lean is who I was talking about okay a rapper from Europe I forget exactly which country but I would say they're more influenced by Space Ghost Perp. I don't really know a lot of guys that I would say, oh, that's definitely Lil Ugly Man influence. He also doesn't have this sound anymore. It's kind of like a, a, a time capsule of that period. Well, so I, I wouldn't say culturally it's a huge album, but I think for me personally, it was definitely one of the best things i've ever heard uh especially if we're just limiting it to the decade and for a little bit of influence there's a super super early denzel curry verse on here oh i didn't realize that yeah on the song twisted uh denzel curry he doesn't sound anything like he sounds like now and yeah uh they've worked uh, a couple times since then so i mean there's a little bit of a through way from then to now and i mean little ugly man still makes music and you know tours and things but this album kind of is a what do you what do you call it a milepost for me okay well I think that's one of the dope things about um, the way that we're approaching this is that um, and and anybody that listens to us knows my opinion on these type of things like cultural saturation, album sales and how many people like your shit is not as big a deciding factor for me when it comes to uh, the inherent quality of an album and how dope it is and what what level of, you know, quality that it is. Uh, I I definitely recognize um, the qualities of this album. I really enjoy it myself. It doesn't really pique my interest in the same way that yours does, but as I listen to it, I consider it a, a really great album. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking hella cool with that shit sitting, uh, you know, at number two for the time being, man. And I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again because... Uh, as we're comparing other albums to this in the future, I'd like to be able to, you know, think a little bit more deeply about why this album was so good. Uh, because it was. It, it is an album that I really fucking rock with. And is the main reason that as you always champion Lil Ugly Man, I'm like, oh yeah, I've, I've, even though I haven't heard all the new shit or the recent shit, that album alone is enough for me to say that this guy's a quality artist and he's making some really dope um, original 
I mean, maybe original is not the right word, but it's very him. And uh, any, anything else that approach it, it is unique. Yeah, that, that's the word I'm looking for. It's very dope, unique music. And for me, I rate uniqueness, originality pretty high on, um, you know, on the list of things that are important to me and calling an album uh, timeless or classic. So, yeah, I'm fucking with it. Shit. Straight up. Um, I feel like we should name another album just to uh, have it on there. Uh, you know, it can move down or whatever. Um, but bus it. I, I don't know. Let's. Uh, I, I I'd rather it, I'd rather it not be an album that would bring a lot of debate up uh, as it stands. Because uh, I don't I don't want to go into it too much longer. Um, I can't even think of another album that I'd like to bring up right now. How about um, let's throw a Roots album in there because those are always good. Uh, 2010, How I Got Over. Let's let's go ahead and just put that at number three. You cool with that? Great album. Um, which one is that? How I Got Over is n- not the one where. Is that the one with Joanna Newsom on it? Yeah. We shall shine that one. I think. I- let me see. I wanna, I wanna bring it up. Now I got over the roots. It's a good. I mean, what roots album is not that good though? So I don't think that exists. Yeah. So this is the one that um, how I got over received universal praise. Let me That's after record. rising down, right? No, it's it's it is after that. It is after that. But I think there was another album that came out before. Um, oh no, you're right. Rising Down. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Rising Down, 2008. I thought that was earlier. Shit. But yeah, you're right. So this yeah, has that. I love Rising Down, but I do remember listening to How I Got Over. Yeah, it's got a right lot on more because jo- of Rising Down. Yeah, it's got some. It's got some really good joints on it. Uh, the Dilla joint. Uh, a piece of light. Yeah, th- this is a really fucking good album. And oh, and your guy Porn is on this album. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that conversation? You're like, I feel like there's a guy named Porn that was in the roots, and we're like, Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Philly on the rise, nigga. Yeah, Philly on the rise. Nigga. Oh, I almost coughed and laughed at the same time. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I really like this album. I think it's really good. I'm okay with it sitting at what? three. What are some tracks on there? I'm like uh, blanking. Um, a piece of light. Uh, Walk alone. Dear God 2.0. Word. Um, yes. The flight of Titus. The day with Fonte and Blue. Um, I play the shit out of this album. Right on. Web 2020. Yeah, it's a good album. And I love how is they that know- a? I'm I'm sorry. Uh, is that the one with uh, a 72 bars or whatever it's called? No. Or is that um? rising no, that, down that's rising down word but 72 bars is the the best use of the n-bomb for every every bar that's ever been done <laughs> he must have said that shit like 72 times and yeah least. man shit's great yeah that's one of my favorite shits man he's like i hate black niggas brown yellow brown niggas high yellow niggas and them red niggas yeah i love that <laughs> i was like oh thanks Tariq. you're the fucking best What's uh what's what's your highlights off of the album? This one? Oh, um yeah. guaranteed right on. Uh that it just fucking uh the Dilla Dillitude works very well for me. I wanna say that the radio days, I'm not sure if it's radio days or the day that I really like. Um a piece of light were really dope. To be honest, man, like the the roots albums, a lot of them bleed into each other for me. Um Word. And when I listen to a Roots album, I usually am not looking at the track listing. I'm kind of just like fucking playing the songs. And so I have to kind of hear these to make sure which ones are the ones that I really like. But um, of course, right on the chorus is right on. So I absolutely remember that. And yeah, it's, a good it's funny. Um, it's funny, like thinking about these albums, because I consume music so differently now. Like with that Roots album, I may have even like been using an MP3 device still to listen to music. Like yeah. did this come out 2010? Yeah. 
I had this on CD. Yeah. Fam. I had this on CD. I picked this shit up from Best Buy. Shout yeah, out I mean, to Best I, Buy. Shit. Best Buy used to have hella CDs. Even underground shit. I'm, yeah. I might have pirated this one. But, like, yeah, I, I was done with CDs by then. Because I wasn't walking around with a CD player. Like, and in the car, I had, like, an aux cord. Oh, man, you was balling shit, man. The, the fucking Dodge Stratus ain't had no aux. I had a CD player. That's why <laughs> I, I used to have a bag full of CDRs and CDs, man. Yeah, scratch the hell, but, yep. Yeah, man. That was, like, way back when. I can't even remember. Yeah, this is, this is one Maybe of the I had, like, offerings. a... Yeah, I mean, that one's uh the one after that is the the one about the kid the criminal maybe is or that undone that... yeah oh undone yeah that i mean yeah these albums are fucking dope yeah this fucking um is it undone yeah i feel like it is they did some other shit apparently yeah undone came after this one at least in terms of studio album yo i'm glad you brought this because I would have forgot about it. It is a jam. Yo, I have a feeling by the end of the year, this list is going to be diverse and dope as fuck. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty strong listing of, um, you know, what we appreciate in music and all that. This, I mean, I, I can make an album. I, yo, like, I can make arguments for that album being fucking really great, you know, right up there, just like any other Root album. But yeah, this is a good one. I would go ahead and say it's above Mr. Thug Isolation. You think if so? I'm being completely objective. Well, again, the Roots are always making good albums. And this album, there's nothing on it that really stands above and beyond any, any of their other work. It didn't introduce many different new things or approaches to making music it's just a tight very strong roots album so the reason that i'm not making uh, an argument for being over mr thug isolation is because kind of the emergence of little ugly Mane and how that album stands with originality because if you want to just talk about the roots albums being good quality they're going to beat so many other albums but this one is not one that i really go back to and listen to and say wow they really did something different on this one if you go back and listen to you know um fucking things fall apart it's like oh, okay this this is one of the best roots albums because this is where they started to get their production and live instrumentation together in a way that made it like both musical but but also kind of like they're still working with samples but not and so this right. one is just kind of like ah fucking you know what are you gonna do another fucking incredible roots album with some good features and some great songwriting so I, i'm i'm actually if you if you want to make that argument that's fine but i think i think i'm okay with it uh mr thug isolation sitting ahead of this i mean i think i'm the like i'm so heavy on little ugly man I anytime I talk about it, I kind of, you know, lend a lot of credence to it. I don't want my, you know, opinion to overshadow objectivity because, you know, we 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 hold ourselves to a very high standard here at Mega Late Show. We're like the 60 minutes That's of right. uh, hip hop. So we don't want any fake news going on. I but uh, I do love Mr. Thug Isolation more than the roots album so i think I it deserves i think it deserves a, just a little higher all right word well, fuck it that's what it is then one two three yo i like this i like this a lot actually um this is actually uh it's bringing a lot of joy into my 2019 man it's a great idea yeah man it'll be fun to sit back and reflect instead of just you know and as we do it throughout the year, I think it'll be even better. Yeah, man. And there's going to be points where we're going to have to be going head to head of, of why this album should be above another, you know? So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, as the year goes fun. on, shit's going to get pretty rough. Yeah, man. You put you put some of those albums up against each other. It's it's They deserve that. They deserve that. So yeah, man, it should be dope. Word. 
Yo, did you uh, did you come across any late end of the year albums or albums uh, since the year started that came out last year that you were like, fuck, this is just amazing and it should hit the top of my list for last year? No, I mentioned on the last episode, like I kind of fell off and I haven't fallen back into all the things that I need to listen to, but I would probably say Smino. Although I haven't listened to it yet, that's probably good as fuck. Word up. And probably would have made my not my top five, but definitely my top ten. And uh, there was one other thing, but yeah, I'll just say Smino right now. Yo, um, I came across you. You know how much I be fucking with um Mike, this rapper Mike. Yeah, his, his album, not last year, but 2017 was like one of my favorites. That's I, I had just heard about him and I really like his approach to music. I think that he makes some really interesting dope shit. And he came out with an album in the middle or the towards the end of December that I only recently found out about um, towards the end of last week. And man, I have only been playing that album. And, and the way that I kind of rate albums on my phone is like if I like the song, I hit the thumbs up thing on it. So it shows me how many songs out of the, the album have thumbs up on them. And of the 13 tracks, man, I've got like 11 thumbs ups on this thing. I fucking love Word. his new album. It's called War In My Pen. And all the tracks are produced by him. And he creates this really dope atmosphere um, that fans of him will know exactly what i'm talking about but man i fuck with this album so much i was thinking about saving and talking about it um on the episode that we're recording this weekend but i just wanted to mention that i fucking am rocking it, it immediately shot up um my list of favorite albums of the year and uh it's gonna stay there i think it's just fucking i like it too much off that see here's here's my question about uh maybe some albums that have come out recently like 2017 18 and you know the year right now mm -hmm. do you feel confident enough to put that album on this decade list I, I don't mind talking about it but i i think the other albums that are older have a much a significant advantage because they've had time to age and so like yeah. we also we also could see kind of like the influence of things. Like if you were to bring up um Lil B, a little B album, right? Like when it came out, we'd be like, uh, eh, you know, but now we can talk about some of like the significance of it, how well the songs have aged and things like that. When it comes to a new album, it's just like, okay, this is really good off bat. I fucking like the shit, but who knows how this is gonna sound six months from now. I like to think that my personal analytical device when it comes to listening to music is not i'm not that guy who's like this is album of the year once i just hear an album i don't do that mm. shit right i don't say oh he's the greatest and then six months later i'm like ah, eh, that album wasn't that good anymore now that i think of it like i i rarely ever have to do that because my not trying to pat myself on the back or nothing but that's just not how i listen to music and so I would be down to talk about adding an album that came out last year to the list, but it's going to be at a disadvantage when I can look to other albums and say, here's the influence of Kendrick Lamar, of this Kendrick Lamar album. You know what I mean? Here's yeah, everything I, that happened it, after. I definitely feel the same way. Uh, like uh, the Black Panther album ended up topping my 2018 list. I really doubt it'll touch this decade list yeah you know and and i would agree with that because i just you know even if, even though it's been about a year since that shit came out like you know this is this is a whole decade of music and some of these albums like like fucking like that roots joint that shit came out in 2010 as well and so Word. you know we've had nine years to to sit with that album and be like yo this is why it's dope and it's hard to put something brand new against, you know, something that's tried and true, that's battle tested and we, we can see, you know, the results of. So, yeah, I can confidently say yeah. that, you know, people might have liked that Eminem recovery album when it came out. There might have been fans that were like, yo, this is really good. But uh, two years later, three years later, a decade later, most of those people are like, yeah, that was kind of trash. And so, <laughs> like, well, you know, time will tell. Word. 
Time will tell. Yeah, I kind of feel like um, like uh, the year the year end list or our like year roundups we've been doing. Like we're not too concerned with how you know the albums will stand the test of time. Mm. It's just kind of what what we were listening to yeah. that year, or at least that's how. I approach it. Yeah, that's how. So I for this, it. it'll be like, yeah, this is not only the best of the decade but will probably you know we, stand until the next decade and yeah. even after i think i think with this list we have to we have to um be a little bit more objective in terms of uh the qualities of an album we can't i mean i could tell you exactly why i think a bus driver album is fucking great but if i have to put that up against some other shit it's like ah well it's missing a few of the tick marks that make it you know more widely uh appreciated or you know changing the culture in some type of way so um our our year-end list that's that's all that is is me just saying what albums i think are my fucking favorites but this one yeah before, even if I like an album, it's like yeah, this album had this other album had higher impact, and you know it's just as good, so it's gonna rank above it. Yeah, we'll Word, see, man, it's fun. I'm excited for this. But should we um should we go? We've been recording for almost an, an hour. Do we have oh, anything that right? to talk about? I did. I did see something that I wanted to bring up to you. Uh, a bit of news. Um, and I wish What's I had that? it up right now. I, I don't have the article up, but I read that Eminem was the highest selling artist of 2018. He had the I most. I think I saw that also. Like um, actual Hip-hop album or sales. of all. All. I think the second album was like BTS, which is a K-pop group, right? Or is it J-pop? K- K-pop. Are you are you talking all like? Hard sales or everything? Hard sales. Hard, uh, actual actual sales. Meaning not streams, but people purchasing the album digitally or physically. Hmm. Is what I was reading. And he sold like something like 733,000 units. Which is fucking... But he had two albums that came out. But over half of those yeah, full sales came out from... came Over half of the sales came from Kamikaze. And not from Revival. But fuck, that is just... It's interesting because oh, is that right? Yeah, over half of the sales came from Kamikaze, and, and mm. it's like mm. it's crazy to me because. But first, I didn't I didn't think that they were that great. <laughs> first off, but you look at other artists, other albums, and they're selling like thirty thousand physical. You know what I mean? Actual sales, and then catching streams elsewhere. But Eminem's That's fan base is still selling the shit out of shit. Because a lot of shit came out last year. Yeah, man. Like we talked about. Like uh, Drake dropped an album. Um, Kanye dropped 444 came out albums? last year or the year before? The year before. Word. Well, the Carters had an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of shit came out last year. Yeah, man. Black Panther. So many. So many albums. And I don't like... Did for, that for, Ariana Grande drop yet? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but fuck, man. Like, I was just genuinely surprised that people are still buying his albums. I mean, streaming is one thing, but like, right. fuck. And, and you know, like the Asian market is different too. Like in Korea, they still buy a lot of albums just like in Japan. And so for BTS to be like, yeah, we sold a lot of albums, physical albums. It's like, oh, okay, that's to be expected. But in the United States... A person selling physical albums and being number him being number one, I was just like, who the f-? like people that buy yeah, albums uh, are older people. You know what I mean? It's like it's like uh, the the demographic for people that buy albums are just the older cats. And so like, who are the fucking old ass people who are going and buying physical albums of Eminem? Or I mean, I think for when it. I saw a uh, headline, I thought it was just talking about hip hop albums or rap albums. But to know it's all genres, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, we're kind of talking about him like he didn't sell before, but I mean, he's probably the best-selling hip-hop artist of oh, all time. Un- undoubtedly. I think it's him and then it's the Beastie Boys. You know, he's undoubtedly nah, that, the That can't be true. I, I, 
that can't be true. It's right though. I feel like I know for sure Eminem is the highest selling um, hip hop album, uh, hip hop artist of all time. And I thought that number two was the Beastie Boys because the Beastie Boys used to be number one. But you know, I think that was it might be. I think it's somebody like Nelly or uh, I think it's somebody like that or like or somebody around that DMX Ja Rule time. I'm maybe. Let me see if I can Google it right here. It's highest selling hip hop artist. Because I don't think it's Jay. No, no, it's not. a. I don't think it's a black artist. Man, that's what um, that's that. You know, because the white artists get to, they get to, yeah. they get to it a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Not hip hop albums. Hold on, hip hop artists. Because album sales are tricky. I'm looking at album sales, and Speaker Box Love Below has 11 million, but they count those as double because it's a double album. So it's actually right. half of that. Yeah, I don't okay. think other Outkast albums did that well. Okay, highest selling rappers of all time in terms of albums sold i've got the list but let me see if they rank them here let me go down okay 10 is biggie nine is Ludacris. really yeah um surprising eight mc hammer the god mc mm-hmm. hammer uh seven dmx six nelly five is outcast oh. four the beastie boys Three is Tupac Shakur. It's got to be Jay-Z and Eminem then. Let's see. Is it Jay-Z? Okay. Three is Tupac. Yes. Two is Jay-Z. And then number one is Eminem. Yo, uh, Jay-Z sold a lot more than I thought he did. Yeah. He's been consistent too. He's put out albums, um, you know, every few years for fucking 20 years. At least over 20 years. What was it? Like an album every summer for like... 12 summers or some shit? I think so. Shout out to you. Yeah. But still, physical, you know, physical sales to that degree, it's shocking to me. Yo, Tupac? (laughs) It's number three? (laughs) That's fucking crazy. Well, you know, Tupac is selling albums in fucking Africa and fucking Europe and everybody loves Tupac. Yeah, but I mean, I'm also shocked Biggie's on the list, but that makes sense with their notoriety. But I'm just thinking in terms of like material, like I know Tupac has released posthumous albums, but they weren't selling crazy like that, I thought. Right. He he also has about fucking 10 more albums than Biggie. Right. You know, what does Biggie got? Three, if you want to count, you know, that posthumous joint. So Pac might have like two diamond albums actually yeah. album sales such a weird criteria to to rate fucking quality with but you know it'd be like that word sometimes. um should we go ahead and hit them with some calendar shit or yes uh but before we do that i do want to say fuck r kelly and oh shit! Now we can go into the weather. Wait a second. Let me go ahead that. and tell. The, I want to. I want to. You know, unpackage that a little bit too, because my <laughs> dumbass sat down and watched that six-part docu series. You um, watched the whole thing? Oh, fam! I did watch the whole thing. Like in one sitting, she and I watched it. It was a harrowing, disgusting tale of a really sick and twisted person who has. I don't know if I could watch the whole thing. Yo, because I just yeah. heard people talk about it, and I. I read like that article that came out about him in the Chicago newspaper a couple years ago, and it's just gross. You know, it is so disgusting. I like, I mean, you know, I've been both you and I. I know we talked about this before. Both you and I have been off R. Kelly for a whole minute. Like it was, it's not, it's not like some new, you know, uh, the the socio political climate has caused people to start, you know, canceling people. No, R. Kelly for me has definitely been canceled since I saw that fucking sex tape. I thought it was disgusting. I was like, yo, that guy is fucking nasty. He's got some jams, mm-hmm. but I'm not fucking with him like that. It's disgusting. You're caught. There, there's no way that that's not you. I seen the tape. Which is pretty disgusting that I actually saw that thing, but you know, you had to download it from Kaza back in the day. 
but man i was yeah the reason the reason that i want to talk about this documentary is because it is so much deeper than i had any fucking clue even with just the mainstream shit that i already knew about you know Aaliyah, the fucking sex tape and uh, some of the other news that trickled out into the atmosphere and, and, and we picked up on man he has just got a fucking so many women that he's victimized and at, at weird ass points in time like he get this he got this girl pregnant and then like left her in the hospital uh to uh, after her miscarriage and then he wrote a song for michael jackson you are not alone and it's just like all these little points of fucking nasty shit it's a nasty oh, nasty wow. man that was a long time ago fam like he what's was was gross about is like when you listen to the music you you pick up on like how you know the the sexual things that he's talking about because he's a very sexual r&b artist but Yo, when you frame him in the in in the way that he's the pied piper how of nasty r&b how nasty is that that's some nasty shit man he, he needs he needs help he needs to be arrested and he needs some fucking mental help because he is just a nasty man don't watch that shit that shit had me fucked up for like a whole whole minute like it was just yo it's not healthy i, I kind of made a weird connection because i i listened to some people talk about it on a podcast i listened to and it it, it kind of and i i was thinking this before it kind of helped me figure out why i don't like watching black women in porn getting fucked by white guys mm. and i i think the way my brain works is you know the sex and porn can get a little whatever the fuck yeah like uh too much sen- sensationalized whatever like it's like a fantasy mm-hmm. but i don't really need to see that happening to black women by like like i don't like that rough shit too much anyway but especially not a white dude on a black woman yeah and the way they were talking about on the podcast about the r kelly thing is like you know hearing that happen to all these black women like i'm like i don't know if i want to you know listen to that no because you know just real life is rough enough already and then i'll be thinking like about my my family and shit and uh, mm-hmm. it gets it gets start you know relating to it too much yeah man like um i feel i truly feel sorry for all of those those victims because their lives have been just fucking ruined and they got they got families on there who are trying to get in contact with their children who r kelly is like seems to actively be preventing them from getting communication with their children there's one family uh, like they find out that she's at a hotel like the daughter and the mom goes and sneaks to the hotel and ambushes basically and gets the daughter to open the door gets the daughter to eventually leave later that night the daughter basically runs away from the hotel and shit and the daughter's like that was the most difficult thing i've ever had to do my whole life they hadn't seen her daughter in like three years or spoken to the daughter in like three years just held mm-hmm. hostage by r kelly on some really controlling toxic nasty shit and it was it was too much for me man i was like yo i have no idea why i subjected myself to this for fucking six hours but man fuck r kelly and if you if if somebody rocking with r kelly man you are a nasty motherfucker too because that shit is you know there's so much fucking art why do you got to support fucking shitty people i don't care fucking if if you played that song at your at your wedding like it's just too much man it's too much the way that people hold artists to this standard as though they're above fucking a reprimand because they made some good shit is just absurd i don't fucking approach my art that way at all if one of my favorite artists just happens to be a fucking piece of shit or somebody that i really value happens to be a piece of shit i don't fucking praise them anymore i don't rock with them i'm sorry but africa bambata is just fucking not my guy right and i mean there's there's so many layers i mean you know celebrity and uh you know the image of you know black masculinity or just you know the black community in america you know protecting their own like there's and you know uh the opposite towards black women Mm -hmm. especially outside of the community Mm -hmm. uh like there's so many layers to it but it seems like 
it's finally gotten to the point where everybody's just kind of like, yeah, this dude is garbage. Hmm. I, I saw an article today about Future. Um, they were asking him about it because I guess he did a song with R. Kelly in 2012 or some shit. And they were like, and he was like, uh, yeah, uh, we should stop talking about it. If we stop talking about it, he'll it'll go away. He'll go away. And I don't think that's the way to go about it, man. I think like there has to be some kind of uh, um, what's the word like um, reconciliation. Is that mm. what it's called? Sure. Yeah. Like what they did in South Africa about apartheid. Yeah. Like this shit needs to be talked about. It needs to be examined. If he's not going to go to trial, then as a culture, as a people, we all need to like, you know, come to terms with our feelings and with what happened. And I'm, there, there won't be like a consensus, but everybody needs to figure this shit out instead of just being like, uh, just run that ignition remix one more time. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. He, he made a lot of good music, but fuck that guy. Yeah, I think I played Ignition Remix last year, and I was like, that I, I can't ever do that again. Feel dirty doing it? Man. I did, man. Yeah. Like I, I told you, man, it's... I don't. I can't even listen to mystical verses no more, and oh, I yeah. really like mystical. I fucking, I'm right there with you, I man. Really There's like a, quite a few tracks, but it's like, yo. Yeah, I mean, but... That's what it. That's what it is. Sometimes, man. Being an adult, that's what you. Those are the type of choices you got to make. If you want to be Straight a up. decent, if you want to be a decent person, so. Hey, fuck it. Weather forecast. Yes, man. Uh, kind of a heavy week, actually. As we're recording, Kyle is performing in Shibuya. So if you can time travel to yesterday, you can catch Kyle if you're listening on Friday. Uh. Tonight, the 11th, which is January the 11th, Friday, um, I'll be at this event called Roundabout. It's the New Year party at uh, Hachi, Aoyama Hachi, where uh, Red Bar is, the Old Oath, and uh, Aoyama Tunnel. And uh, it's my girl, uh, Yuri uh nagahori's event and there'll be some other people there such as akira uh dj uh, yamaguchi will be there who is my um my guy nayo kenza robin oliver's partner from the woodoff dance party from back in the day uh etsuko from sheep uh feel so good from the hangout it'll be a good a uh, varied kind of vibe, dance music, hip hop, all kinds of good shit. Dope. Come check that out. Uh, also, that same day, my uh, band member, well, today, uh, Ernesto, his other band, Red Bed Rock, is having their release party for a music video. It's also a New Year's party. In Japan is big on you know, first things of the year. So they're having their first event of the year party that's doubling as a music video release. That's happening at What the Dickens in Ibisu. So go support my bandmate. Uh, shout out to The Ocean and I. Uh, the next four days, 12, 13, 14, and 15th, Robert Glasper Trio is going to be at Midtown in uh, Rapongi with uh, DJ Jahi Sundance. So go cop those tickets. Shout out to Ayaka. On the 12th, uh, my man Elliot's band Entrada is having their first performance of the year at Kagurane. And I think that is in Shinjuku. So go support them. That same the breakdown is going down at Coins Bar in Shibuya. Shout out to... Uh, I always forget their superhero names. Uh, DJ DC3, Kudafetch, and uh, D- DNZ. DNZ and DC3? Mm-hmm. Did I hit that? Yeah. Word. Uh, yeah, definitely go support them. 
if you also have time, come check me out. I'll be in Azabu Juban doing hot with my guy Akira, smooth as eggs. And uh, we've got Aoi and uh, New Brute also playing that night. So come peep us for some more vibes. Even though it's not vibes, we still got vibes New in Azabu Juban. That name is fucking at dope. Blue Gem Cafe. It is. It is a dope name. I like that. Yeah, he's a he, he's a good DJ. Uh, the next thing would be, um, well, shout out to you know DJ Kinsuke and Chiori Bradshaw. They've got their events at Bridge and Rep, respectively. Uh, under Digic with Kokimura, DJ Hiro, and Nas Chris at Insoff every Tuesday. On Wednesday the 16th, Ray Shrimmerd is performing at Shinkiba Studio Coast. Hmm. And uh, Wednesday is also DJ Kinsuke's other event, Nova, at Quintet at Umegaoka. Uh, phony people are going to be at WWW. That's in, no, sorry, WWWX. That's in uh, Shibuya. Uh, you know phony people? No, I'm not familiar. I mean, I know some phony people, but yeah. <laughs> they're uh they're kind of roots-esque i would say oh cool it's hip-hop yeah shit? but like uh yeah definitely Work. yeah they got a mc and live instruments um but they are from new york and they're either millennials or gen z kids okay. i think they're millennials Work. uh and going into the next week saturday is Denzel Curry at the Liquid Room, which will be a crazy show if you yeah, want to go check hot. that out. And I mean, there's hella shit on the calendar. I uh, finally stopped being a piece of shit and updated it. Shout out to you, man. So go look at that. And yeah. If you're fake news, Mega Late Show. 2019. God damn, I think it's going to be a good year. It will be, man. I'm, I remain optimistic and shit. There we go. Hey. Yo, man, I'm happy you, uh, you, you beat, you beat the, the illness. Thanks, man. I didn't think I was going to make it through. I thought it was all over for me and shit. You know what I mean? I was about to start writing my will and everything like that. 